But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will I mean, you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers the Pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, uh, it's wildcard weekend. A lot of moving pieces around the league. The Sean McVay coaching search continues. How's he going to fill his staff? But first, and most importantly, how are you? Dean, I feel great. We have made it past the first round of playoffs. I would have loved to have seen the Bengals go down. That didn't happen, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but hey, I enjoyed every second of watching football this week. That was the main thing I did, and I had a great time. There was uh, a level of stress that was completely eliminated, right? Of course, mm-hmm. you want to see San Francisco kind of trip over themselves and stumble uh, against Seattle. You know, you want to see some things across the league potentially happen in benefit of the Rams. But for the most part, it's a relaxable, enjoying we- enjoyable weekend, right? It's wild card weekend. You get to see how things unfold. Uh, games, everything, it seemed like it went over in terms of the point totals, right? So a lot of interesting betting trends that came out. We'll follow uh, everything that happened with Nick's picks, see how you fared. I know that your, your Duval Jacksonville Jaguars ended up coming out on top from an amazing coaching performance by Doug Peterson. But here's how the slate went. So it went Saturday, 49ers beat the Seahawks 41 to 23. Jaguars beat the Chargers 31 to 30. A lot of Brandon Staley drama uh, for our partners over in SoFi Stadium. Sunday was the Bills beat the Dolphins 34 to 31. And then the Giants beat the Cow- or the Giants beat the uh, I wrote the Cowboys, but Vikings 31 24. And then the Bengals beat the Ravens 24 to 17. So uh, a lot of a lot of really close games defensively. Uh, it seemed like San Francisco was obviously in in you know the top spot, and then there was there was the Bengals, right? So you're always kind of looking for the pass rush, some of the trends in terms of teams that are going to be emerging and getting hot at the right time and can make a deep playoff run. But your takeaway, Nick, with the Jaguars, your betting trends, everything that you've been keeping us up to date on with Nick's picks. Um, just from a gambler's perspective, I I went one and two. So the Jaguars won, and then the the Bills minus 13 and a half, which I thought was a sure thing. And then the Vikings lost. And I kind of wish I didn't bet on the Vikings game because I was really just having like a good time watching it. Like both of those teams, I would have loved to see them continue. Uh, I just thought the Vikings had a better chance of winning it all. And boy, was I wrong. Um, Captain Kirk, man. I Like you think about it. And you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, he ran a touchdown and he threw two. Like he looked pretty phenomenal. Um, but it all came down to the last play, like fourth and eight. And he goes with the check down. And, Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to take a shot. Um, so it, it feels like his job isn't safe because of that one play when in reality – you know, if they have a defense, they probably handsomely win that game. Are so. you talking about Kevin O'Connell? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Captain Kirk Cousins. 
yeah, right. The job could potentially be in jeopardy. Oh yeah, no, of course. One, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see him again in a Vikings uniform. I mean, I don't know how they're going to get out of the contract. I think they probably owe him for another couple of years. I don't have the contract pulled up in front of me, but the levels of progression in that final play, you saw Thielen down the left sideline. I think Jefferson started on the left and kind of hugged the right sideline and drew double coverage. And then uh, I don't know who their third receiver was that was in that play, but you know, there, there's options, right? And you see Kirk Cousins, a little bit of pressure. He gets scared, gets skittish and checks off to, to Hutchinson and, and um, or Hawkinson and an extremely depressing situation. If you're a Vikings fan, right? It's the, I think the um, people were saying that they're the worst 13 win team ever. And it's because their point differential throughout the season was minus three, right? So it's, since 1977, I think it was Kay, Kay Adams who was tweeting about this earlier today. Since 1977, 31 playoff appearances, no Super Bowl appearances since 1977. So really, really tough situation as a Vikings fan. But you don't want to see Kevin O'Connell lose that way. Wasn't necessarily on him in terms of the play call. So um, I don't know. Those, those Giants, you're going to see Giants at Eagles next weekend. is going to be a fun one. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what they say, it's hard. To beat a team three times, especially in division, but San Francisco had absolutely zero problems. Uh, I think the Eagles have a lot to worry about right now. I really do. Uh, I think this Giants team, they just have the formula of those Eli Manning teams that went to win, you know, like a kind of doofy quarterback that gets hot at the right time, like a great defense, like a strong coach. And a solid run game, and real, and can plays plays well on the road. And when you have all those things, you can really, you know, turn your team on when you need them. The stat that I sent you was pretty remarkable on uh, Danny Jones, aka Vanilla Vic, um, only player in NFL playoff history with 300 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and 75 rushing yards. That's one of those things that you know you say goofy quarterback. I mean, that was a very very impressive performance. You saw Brian Dable after the game just say that he was remarkably proud of the kid and you know what it the one thing i watch with danny jones that seems consistent with him week over week is the fact that he knows the playbook he knows exactly what's coming he knows when to call the can right he's he's a very smart kid came from duke so all of the tangibles are there in terms of the smarts understanding the playbook understanding how to get out of something if he sees something pre-snap isn't there and then the ability to run right he's, a, he's really a dual threat quarterback so that Giants team is is going to be very, very tough to beat. It seems like they have more heart than uh, than a lot of teams in the postseason. It's a team team of destiny. The Giants. I just hope. I hope you know when I say goofy quarterback, um, partly is the look and like the stare. No, no I know exactly what you mean. Thousand yard stare, and then yeah. also because for his first like three years, I mean, you know, his biggest highlight was tripping in Philadelphia yeah. on air. It's it's such a unfair judgment of him, right? As, I mean, you have no offensive skill players in his first couple of years. He has no coach, right? Joe Judge is apparently going to be the one that's going to turn the organization around coming from New England. Uh, and, you know, Danny Jones, I don't know if that was his draft pick or not. I don't think that it was. And Saquon Hurt, right, in limbo, if he's going to return to the team, um, probably on the back end of the Odell Beckham Jr. drama, right, where he leaves the Giants and then goes to the, to the Browns. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of moving pieces in regards to that. But Danny Jones is a fun player to watch, that's for sure. And that game next weekend is going to be fun. And then, so the tonight is going to be the Cowboys and the and the Bucks. So you got to think that, you know, me personally, I'm rooting for the Cowboys to win that game just because I want to see. Uh, I think that the biggest threat to go against San Francisco. 
And then, you know, you got potentially Eagles hosting the NFC Championship if they win that game against the 49ers or against the Cowboys. So that would be a, an incredibly tough game coming out of the NFC. Uh, so the next couple of weeks of football are going to be a ton of fun. Absolutely. I just hope – so I went – my four picks were I forgot about Dallas. I inked on Dallas at the end. So to save a week of, you know, two for two. There you go. Dallas, Dallas has to win. And I think they do take care of business. I'm sure it's going to be a fucking – oh, sorry. Did, didn't mean to curse. I'm sure it's going to be a – Go ahead. A, I know. I, just, I always mark it not for kids when we publish the episode, just in case a couple slip out. So uh, you're fair game. We're not sponsored I, by Disney any longer, unfortunately. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Only by Nintendo as the hat reads. Yeah. But <laughs> I just think Dallas is just like 10 times the team that Tampa is. And, you yeah. know, if you subtract the GOAT, which is an impossible subtraction. But if you're able to kind of think past that and think about the numbers of who a quarterback he was this year, I think it's a no-brainer. But betting against Brady in January is just proven to be a stupid idea. So, so Tom it's, Brady, um, it's kind 35 of playoff wins total. So 35 playoff wins is more than the Cowboys have had in the last you know 35 years or whatever the number was. And more Super Bowls than any team combined with seven. Like it's as much as you want to bet against him tonight, and that would be my bet is leaning towards the Cowboys. It's always pass rush wins. Uh, and the quarterback, right, if he can eliminate turnovers, they have enough skill players, I think, on the Cowboys offensively to be able to get through this game. A good combination of a run threat and a, and a pass threat, right? And I think Tampa Bay is just a little bit too one-dimensional. You'll see them kind of come back when they're overly reliant on the pass game because it's what they do really well. But I, I do think the Cowboys are able to uh, to emerge. And, and they're the team – maybe I just feel that way because I want them to go up against the 49ers. I feel like it's their biggest threat, but – we shall see. I have a, and this is so easy to say, but a sneaking suspicion the NFC East is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Okay. That's um, fair. Well, you have better odds for that. <laughs> so maybe that's, right. maybe that's a good bet. I feel like it's Dallas, honestly. And I know they have to win tonight, but they just, it's been so long since that team has done anything. They've important. never done it in our lifetime. No, that's not true. It was born in 94. Right, when we were young, right, extremely young and first becoming fans of football. I, however, I was in the last 30 years or so they've been. Uh, however, I was alive, let me just you, say. Correct, so, you were alive. So I was yeah, in my were, lifetime. You were, uh, what, six months old when they won that Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, just about. I was born <laughs> during, during the dynasty. Um, but either way, there, there are so many Dallas fans, no matter where you go, it feels yeah. like their time has to come at some point. Like they've always been a blemish. Like they're in every single playoffs. It seems See, that's like. how I feel about San Francisco this year because they're mm -hmm. in the exact same situation. They are. They are. I just there's something about Dallas, man. I don't know. They yeah. feel like they feel like NFL royalty. I mean, honestly, all three of those teams do between New York, San Francisco, and Dallas. Those are like you know giant football conglomerates like some of the most profitable teams yeah throughout the, the 80s 90s and 2000s right they owned the majority of the championships right yeah so, so yeah fair point it's cool to see it uh see it come down to like the big wigs like that which is why i always thought the rams being popular and like important these last couple of years has been so special to us it has been because they never were that like even during the kurt warner run they had like three years 
you know, and sure they were like young blood before our, our time and uh, you know, our boy Everett, um, but they were never a part of like the legacy of the NFL. So to have them, you know, come out here and win a Super Bowl in LA, it just, it was really important just to bring it back to the Rams for a second. Yeah, it's a great point. It felt like from 99 to about 2001, they had this extreme relevancy, right? Two Super Bowl appearances in three years. And then the next four or five years, they were still very much relevant to the national media, but it was, you know, it was Bolger, it was Holt, it was Steve, the Steven Jackson era started to take over, Marshall Falk moved on. So, you know, there was like a seven years of two different eras of Rams football, which felt a little bit disconnected and disjointed. And then from there, it was such a severe drop off that the media coverage kind of dropped off with it. And finally, we kind of got it back once they moved back to Los Angeles. But yeah, the 49ers feel like that team of destiny to me. I had this weird, weird, I don't know if it was, uh, what's it called when you feel like you're asleep, but you can still see things in your sleep? This isn't their terminology for that. It's not sleep apnea, but it's uh, some kind of whatever, sleep disorder. I don't I know if you have that or not. The, I think you got a case of the Z's. <laughs> got a case of the, I was dead asleep. <laughs> what I saw was uh, 49ers in the Super Bowl. That that's my fear, and somebody like Nick Bosa potentially winning Super Bowl MVP and kind of taking some of the the thunder away from what Cooper Cup did and what Aaron Donald did in the end of that Super Bowl. That's my fear because they're to me the most complete team now that they've kind of shut the door on Jimmy Garoppolo and it's Brock Purdy time. I just, I just don't want to. It's something you really don't want. You don't want to see Mister Irrelevant last pick in the draft history repeat itself in that regard. And then they got to. Maybe it keeps Brady away from from that team over the next couple of years. But regardless, nobody wants to see that. So. Well, there's a lot of narratives the NFL has, and I'm sure they have them written up based on the scenario of who's playing who, right? Yeah. So Eagles, Giants, divisional rivalry right there. And then Tampa versus the Niners, right? Which would be Brady versus like another young kid. You know, yeah, in San Francisco, yeah, like it that feels like where we are headed next week, unfortunately. Like, I feel like Dallas is somehow already eliminated now that I'm thinking about it through yeah. that lens, through the lens of like entertainment alone. Um, but also, like, Dallas is going to sell everything, like, the Dallas fans will travel, Dallas will sell a lot of stuff no matter what if they continue to be in it. Um, it is interesting once you think about it as a business and as like an organization and what would make the most sense. Um, like the Rams winning in Los Angeles in their own stadium, like almost feels too good to be true in a way mm -hmm. to get that LA crowd interested in football again. Um, but there's just so many moving pieces that are just make it like so impossible for all of those things to happen. So then when they do happen, it, it, it feels like a miracle. It's, it's, it's why you cry when you watch it happen. Ah, <laughs> oh, grown man tears. Yeah, uh, I had a couple of videos of me just pouring tears because that's what you do when you feel like you've gone through that kind of journey. And, you know, I'm sure if they're diehard Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, they felt the same way when they got to see Tom Brady come to their team and win the Super Bowl. Was it his first season? It was, wasn't it? In their own home stadium? Yeah, it was. I remember mm -hmm. thinking, are Bucks fans going to be annoyed? And then I, at the end of the day, I kind of came to the, to the decision. And I was like, no, if they win a Super Bowl, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter who came in to do it. If, no, if no, that it happens, matter. it happens. And, and, it, and it was, it, it's a success. Yeah. And I remember I dealt with it myself when they brought Stafford in. I was like, I don't even really know this team anymore. It's like, I don't even, like, what's going on? And then 
I remember. You had to like talk me back a little bit, and you were like, "No, there's still some people from St. Louis. Like, don't forget, you know." Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, true. And then they won, and I was like, "I hate the logo." Just kidding. Now I rep it all the time. Yeah, you do. You do constantly rep the logo. Yeah, but that core, you're still going to see two players from St. Louis and Aaron Donald and Rob Havenstein. So you still got still got your ties. You still are still recognizable, and I think by the time next season is is upon us right we're going to be talking about the core in a different light and potentially maybe adding another player to that core maybe alan robinson steps up and joins that core bobby wagner's now a part of it right so it's really cooper cup jalen ramsey matthew stafford aaron donald rob havenstein and bobby wagner as your six core members that you could identify right so um that that core and, and Sean McVay, it's going to be interesting to see how it all kind of comes together and how he continues to motivate those players after a couple of years in limbo, right? I, he's, he didn't go to Thailand and spend any time with Cliff Kingsbury and any, any models by the pool because he is married, but he uh, did apparently take some time to consider it. So um, a lot of moving pieces. It's I don't know, Nick, if you saw that picture, but I uh, may as well clear the air before we move on of Cliff Kingsbury's uh, date, we'll call her. Picture? <laughs> Maybe just go to Barstool Sports uh, when the episode's over. You can check it out. Um, but so here's the latest, and this is per Jordan Rodrigue. Uh, her latest article from is called Sean McVay is returning to coach the Rams in 2023. What happens next? And if you guys have the time, there's five pillars of this article that kind of go into uh, what the next steps of how Sean McVay is going to evaluate his coaching staff, some potential candidates, you know, what's next in terms of culture, how to keep the core together. So if you have the time, definitely invest it in reading that full article. Um, but what she's reporting is the fact that Mike LaFleur may be the front runner for the offensive coordinator job at this point, And some league sources believe that to be true. So there's some moving pieces with Mike LaFleur. If he's going to come in, remember we talked about same age, same tequila on the rocks, Right. So we're hopeful that that's a pretty easy transition for Mike LaFleur. And there's obviously some continuity with the LaFleur family with Sean McVay. So some good signs there. But some other candidates, Brian Johnson, quarterbacks coach of the Eagles, Bengals quarterbacks coach Dan Pitcher, Scott Turner from Washington was a guy that we tweeted about probably about a month ago or so. Uh, the way that he used both running backs, all three quarterbacks in limbo, and then same way that Mike LaFleur kind of got kicked out the door. Right. You have three moving pieces at quarterback, a head coach that's uh, you know, maybe defense, Sela and Ron Rivera, both defensive oriented coaches. So opportunity to kind of change the philosophy and be more offensive focused in their next opportunity. Then there's Thomas Brown, running backs coach and assistant head coach last year for the Rams and Zach Robinson, quarterbacks coach for the Rams. They both helped revive the run game. They were both integral parts in reviving the run game and onboarding Baker Mayfield over the last four or five weeks of the season. So to me, those are two guys that definitely deserve the opportunity right? So they could potentially interview as an offensive coordinator. Zach Robinson's a guy that is definitely emerging in his career, four or five years of really solid experience with the Rams. That could be the next guy. And you could have Thomas Brown in a more expanded role as he clearly wants to grow. He's interviewing as to be a head coach for, for other teams, right? So if you could have him as an assistant, a run game coordinator, Jordan's also talking about in this article that there's some potential drama of them moving on from their offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry. So a lot of stuff built in this article that is definitely worth your time to, to spend with. So between the offensive coordinator position, Frank Reich is also still in play. 
you know, he may be going for another head coaching job. If he doesn't get that, I think he's going to be back on the market, right? He's a guy that if you get into the schematics of it, he can disguise a heavy run look, his heavy RPO, um, he, you know, two tight ends. I remember in, back in Philly, he went Brent Selleck and Zach Ertz as Zach Ertz was emerging. Um, he creates those three levels of progression for quarterbacks. Uh, and I feel like he had some limitations with his quarterbacks in Indianapolis. So hopefully, you know, if he can get, if he's not a candidate for a head coaching job, he can come back to Sean McVay and potentially fill that offensive coordinator role as an older mind, right? Somebody that has a little bit more experience has been, you know, you know, throughout different teams, different levels of coaching. So I have some faith that that could potentially happen. I mean, it was Carson and Foles in 2017, and he made both of those quarterbacks work in his scheme because he was so tough up front. Like I see a lot of pulling tight ends, a lot of, you know, tight ends that could block receivers that could block in those schemes. You burst your running back free in that second level and, and you could really kind of expand your offense more than what it is currently. So instead of just a straight drop back, instead of just being in shotgun and an empty, you could have some diverse looks with your running back offset next to you. Right. And you could run some RPO and, and, and keep the defense on their toes consistently. So you're really just the, the classic terminology is adding a little Texas two step to your repertoire. That's yeah. the tenacious D terminology, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to find this um, Cliff Kingsbury picture. I can't find it. <laughs> you need to just go to Barstool Sports. Um, You'll find it on Twitter. I think I think McVay is going to go with uh, Lafleur. Yeah, yeah. Like keep I, it in house. Keep it with a brother. Um, I'm sure he probably got pretty used to saying "Can it, Lafleur?" A la dodgeball. <laughs> when the other floor was on his team. So he probably wants to bring that back a little bit. I mean, who's your, like, who would you pick? I also think Cliff is still on the table. I don't necessarily agree with the one-way ticket to Thailand. I know he probably went there. I'm sure he's coming back. Um, And I bet McVay is probably talking to him too. Like, hey, you all right? (laughs) Right, right. I'm like, he seems like he's okay. Are you of sound state of mind, regardless of if I want you on my team or not? I hope you're doing okay. So I feel yeah. like something like that is probably in play. Well, it's it's hard to kind of pick one because it seems like there's so many really solid candidates. Like I, I wouldn't be opposed to Zach Robinson or, or Thomas Brown getting promoted to be the offense coordinator. Michael Floor as as somebody that's coming from the Jets that has experience um, as a coordinator, uh, coaching quarterbacks, right? I think that could be somebody that's of interest to me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I have somebody specific that I've honed in on. I feel like Frank Reich may be that guy for me, just because it seems like he's somebody that has the ability to be a head coach at any time. Right. And he, he didn't ever butt heads with Doug Peterson. He kind of let Doug Peterson run the show, but he added value when he needed to, right. He was that kind of sound mind where you could bounce ideas off of and somebody with more experience. I feel like they've kind of been lacking that on their staff over the last couple of years. It's really been kind of young flying by the, the seat of their pants and somebody with more experience, somebody like Frank Reich that has also had experience running a different style of offense in this league successfully which I'm not sure any of these other guys have, right? I feel like that's a, that's an extra thing on his resume that that could potentially propel him to get the job. So I think maybe if you, I would narrow it in, I'd probably go with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would be okay if McVay comes back. I mean, he is coming back and he was just like, I relinquished play calling duties. I may come in 
if he can control himself and be like, if I have a play at this moment, I want you to listen to me and like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe push it forward a little bit. But if he were to completely relinquish that, I think the best choice would be somebody that has done it at the grandest scale, in which case I would lean towards Frank Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, think about just from a, you know, a, a mental standpoint, you've had the responsibility of a head coach for four straight years, four different starting quarterbacks. And now you can go from Indianapolis to Los Angeles and coach alongside of Sean McVay. You get to coach without a doubt, somebody that has already confirmed he's not retiring and will be back next season in Matthew Stafford. You have plenty of offense skill players to play with. And then I think your next order of business would be getting your offensive line intact right if you can build you know eight nine guys of depth you could sign you know a top tier guard or tackle somebody that's versatile i feel like there's a lot of potential and maybe that's the most intriguing job for frank reich after not getting a head coaching job yeah i i mean i think it is i would like to see how it all you know kind of trickles down and it probably is good it's going to happen soon usually this yeah, stuff very soon you know, it happens before the Super Bowl's over, so these guys are already in prepped going into the next season. So yeah, and then the schedule makers come out, and was that like May usually? So yeah, I think it's uh, I want to say like April, May. Whenever the weather changes here is when the schedule comes out, which I, I feel love. like it's, it's it's usually like May, and then the draft happens, and you're like, oh my god, I have to suffer through baseball for all of the summer, <laughs> playoff basketball. Yeah, true. Playoff basketball kind of goes into like mid June and June, and then there's that July, August time frame of like I have to eat apple pie and watch baseball. Yeah, and hopefully the Olympics are on. You know, and spend some time down the shore. And spend some time down the shore, exactly. Um, and then the defensive coordinator position—that's something that we just haven't spent as much time on, simply because we don't know if Raheem Morris is going to go anywhere. Right? right. Exactly. He's interviewing with the with the Colts. And I'm hearing news from the owner or whoever's tweeting from the owner's account that they may be interested in Jeff Saturday returning as a head coach. And you're going to go Jeff Saturday over Raheem Morris. Sure, go ahead. But no I mean, if that's the direction that they're going to go. I, don't, I think Raheem also uh, interviewed in Denver, right? So that would be interesting. If he goes to Denver, the, port, the report is that Ajiro Avero could come back to Los Angeles. I previously um, had a defensive coach coaching role. wasn't the coordinator, but I think he was um, either the run game coordinator on the defensive side or as a defensive line coach. I know that was Eric Henderson. I'm not sure exactly where he coached um, in terms of the defense, but that could be somebody that comes back. Broncos had a really nice season in terms of defense, really until that 51 point game on Christmas, which blew all of the all of their numbers completely out of the water. Right, they were like averaging sixteen and a half point game points per game given up on defense. The average ended up being like over twenty one points because they just gave up. I mean, there was like yeah. two horrible Russell picks immediately, yep. and then the Rams' offense was just like, "We're going to keep going." And the Broncos, it just felt like they gave up. It was Christmas Day; uh, they yep. had nothing to play for. I think you throw that game out. Um, I look. I I think if the Broncos can find it, like a strong offensive mind head coach, I think they'll actually be really good. Um, but of course, they're leaning towards defense. I just, just I don't know how. Well, Nathaniel Hackett was technically an offensive guy, right? Yeah, I I'm guess they the just burned him so bad that they're like, we can't. But he was a college guy, right? You know, like bringing somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, short, short tenure with the Packers, right? But he spent more time in college, I thought. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then and then moving on too, like well, Aubrey Pleasant was another guy that Jordan had mentioned. Jimmy Lake was another guy that that Jordan had mentioned as well. If Raheem gets a head coaching job, and Azura Avero is another guy. But then Nick, I thought this was really interesting. She mentioned from a culture perspective, um, they got to figure out a way to build that back up. They have to figure out a way to become what they once were. We not me have some guys in the building that may be a little bit older than the head coach that have more experience in the league as a player. They can kind of rally guys around and teach them what it's like to win in the playoffs. So Nick, this a lot was, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Ah, oh, so you uh, you noticed that Andrew Whitworth might be up for that position, huh? So I I mocked this up, and I want to get your thoughts. So here, take a look at this. Why don't you read this to the audience? Coaches, Andrew Whitworth, Sean McVay's most logical friend, culture king. <laughs> what do you think of this being Andrew Whitworth's new role? Would you uh? Would you approve of that? It, it, so on his business card, it would say Andrew Whitworth and then a line, and then it would say Culture King for the Rams. Yeah, let's let's flash it again for the listening audience and for the viewing audience. <laughs> Culture King. That would be somebody that really kind of comes into the building. I think they remember they had a coaching fellow on the staff. Ooh. I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember exactly who it was. But um, this is a, a title that you could build out. It's a it's a leadership title. Um, it's it's somebody that you know, is in the locker room that spends time with the coaches, spends time with the front office that spends time with, you know, understanding from a fan perspective, fan engagement, really, it's kind of like a holistic job that just keeps him around the organization and can probably still allow him to do his broadcasting gig on Thursday nights. So that to me makes a ton of sense. Maybe you bring in another kind of advisor, you know, somebody like Andrew Whitworth, but I'm not sure that there's a lot of people that kind of fit that mold. So it will be interesting to see if he kind of comes back to the organization. Well, he's already, I mean, he's fielding tweets today about people like begging for him to come back and play for, um, you know, for the Bengals right now. Yep. He's like, like two minutes ago, he responded with a tweet. His banner uh, on Twitter is the funniest banner ever because it's him and all the other Rams offensive linemen with their rings. Let me see if I get one up. And McVay's in the middle. And he, <laughs> McVay just looks like such a small lunatic in this picture. Let me see if I could pull Absolutely up. Absolutely love it. Yeah, see, that's that's the benefit that Andrew Whitworth is just full of joy. And the sweatshirt and jacket combination. My wife just adores him. It's that's who he is. It's it's big <laughs> wit. We, Every we time McVay comes up, you gotta drop how much your wife loves him. She does. She just because she doesn't make it known. All that often, but Andrew Whitworth is. Uh, Do you think that's her favorite Ram? I think it's her her favorite man besides me. A man, wow! So outside of Ram, so there he is. So there's yeah. Andrew Whitworth. Click the Twitter picture. Page. So if I uh, if I zoom up on the pic, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sean looks great. Sean looks like a winner there. He does. He looks like our friend Sean Udicious, Jeopardy champ. Yeah, we miss Austin Blythe. There's Havenstein. We miss, or not Austin Blythe, uh, Austin Corbett. Blythe is with Seattle. David Edwards is an unrestricted free agent. He's going to be an interesting one with the concussions. But I, I really missed Corbett. Unfortunately, tore his ACL in the last game of the season for the Panthers. So he's going to have a delayed start to next year, which is, is kind of a shame. I wish he hung around with us and we were able to bring him back. But he got such a great contract. That's the deal with these unrestricted guys. Right, and I'll transition fairly quickly. I just want to list off some of the unrestricted unrestricted free agents and the situation that we're going to have to unfortunately see unfold over the next 
mm, not two months. So the league year starts March 15th. So the Rams really kind of have a decision over the next two months to make as they're evaluating how these players could potentially fit into the roster. But it's Ashawn Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Troy Hill, Matt Gay, Taylor Rapp, Odey Aboshi, Ty Niseki, Riley Dixon, Brandon Powell, Matt Sikora, Malcolm Brown, and David Long, and Grant Haley, and Greg Gaines, and David Edwards, and Nick Scott. It's a lot of starter, starting caliber players mixed in there. I really, a runner, really a starting safety, a starting defensive tackle, two starting defensive tackles. I really hope we find room for Nick Scott. He was he's turning into one of my favorite players on the team. Hopeful that Nick Scott comes back, but I mean the market value it, it may be a little bit too expensive for the Rams' taste, considering they drafted a, a couple of safeties this past year, right? Russ Yeast and Quentin Lake, and still have Jordan Fuller on the roster. So that may just be a natural in-house transition instead yep. of having to pay a guy. Unfortunately, we love Nick Scott. Yeah, we do. But that that may just happen. So just for example, I'll give you Taylor Rapp. His market value, some of the players that uh, Spot Track is, or yeah, that's how Spot Track is comparing in terms of market value. Quandre Diggs is a little bit too expensive, but it's three years, $39 million, an average salary of $13 million per year. John Johnson, obviously Rams fans know John Johnson, three years, $33 mil, uh, $11 mil per year. Micah Hyde and Von Bell, those are two others. Those to me, I feel like are a little bit more comparable, specifically Von Bell, if he even gets that much. Right, 25 years old when he signed rap is 25 right now. Three years, $18 million, an average salary of six mil per year, maybe a three million dollar cap hit, depending on where he goes. So that's you know, Bobby Wagner, for example, was a two point five million dollar cap hit this past year. He's gonna jump all the way up to a twelve million dollar cap hit this year. But just for example, the kind of caliber player that you could fit onto your roster if you structure the contract a certain way and they're a veteran, opposed to having to bring back a player that maybe was a little bit underwhelming in his tenure and maybe a little bit too expensive to resign. Yeah. So the unrestricted free agent game is something that we'll be talking about probably over the next couple of months. As things unfold, we hear drama, potential players that the Rams may be looking into signing. So we'll keep you updated with all of that. And then Baker Mayfield kind of led the charge because it was an article that came out from Stu Jackson today um, that just talked about Baker Mayfield's potential coming back to the Rams with the new new league year beginning March 15th, Baker Mayfield was talking about how he's going to take some time to relax, to figure it out, rest up, and then he's going to hit the open market as an unrestricted free agent. But he said post-game following the Rams' season finale that he knows he's good enough to be a starting quarterback. At the same time, he said he also is not going to chase a check to go start and play after seeing a place that makes me have so much fun playing football again. Hmm. Awfully heartwarming. I wanted to uh, to sign us off with that one. Yeah. That, what are your thoughts of Baker coming back as a backup? Oh, my God. I hope he comes back. Um, I don't want to see any other backups. Honestly. Well, you don't want to have to untape your jersey either. Yeah, no, it's still taped. The, <laughs> the Robert Woods jersey is still taped up, and it's Good. my favorite jersey because it was Robert Woods, and it's now Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to do a little wager on – on uh, Baker staying. And I wonder if you can find that at bet online. Mm, good, good call out. Why don't you read the ad read? Because you uh, you're getting blessings online for your talent in that game. I am. And that's exactly why I would love for you to read it just to hear, 
just to see if um, if people like it as let's much. See if, let's see if I could hold up. Bet Online basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You could always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Nick, it's worse than yours. Nobody has ever complimented my tone, the way I read ads. But for you, that's that's you. That's your game. Yeah, you know what? That was okay. I'll give you like five bucks. <laughs> Fine. I'll give Deal. you five bucks for that. Deal. Wait. Yeah, I don't know. If you could bet on oh, Baker wow. back to the Rams, but I found this article that was where will Baker, Baker Mayfield be next season, and I found the odds, and you could bet on it. And unfortunately, um, these odds are for last year. <laughs> so it's Browns, Seahawks, Carolina. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Maybe he goes to. Uh, Trying to think of a team that could Houston could potentially use a quarterback, a, a bridge quarterback, right? If they draft uh, CJ Stroud and he doesn't back up no matter what, unless he yeah. goes to uh, uh, the Jets, which I think. You know where I like him to go? Miami. What? Just to back up to him? I don't know. Who knows what to Yes. I mean, they need a quality backup. I think he's an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, for sure. Think? I, I think he's going to back up. No matter what, I don't think he has what it takes right now to be yeah. a guy, which is a shame. But I which think is fine. Yeah. Is, yeah, I mean, he could be prepared to win Rams games in uh, in late December if Stafford goes down with anything. It's it's really kind of an insurance policy that the Rams haven't had over the last five years. So I think it's. I think it, just, it makes so much sense to stay in the system that you that you got to know. Yeah, uh, you played meaningful games, you know, for your own career, and. It's you know Stafford's not getting any younger, so it's it, it it's a situation in where you could potentially pl- be playing games, which I think is what backups look for, you know, yeah. even to the point where they'll even take like pay cuts to stay there. Um, like Gino this year bet on himself, uh, found his way in a playoff game. Yeah, good yeah. for him. So, well, it's also to another um, underlying factor would be that if Baker Mayfield joins another team, the Rams would get a compensatory pick potentially. So it, it could favor both sides, right? He came in, played well, earned us an extra draft pick. Baker goes on his way. We root for him. He was a good contributor, and, and that's that. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, same. Either way, it's a win-win situation for the Rams. Mm-hmm. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate yeah. you always. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, next picks, we're going to run with cowboys money line while this was going on i i had a wager for a hockey game today that i thought was being played at night and i checked my phone and the florida panthers have already won <laughs> so it's not it's a stupid small money bet um but still that's nice so now no matter what even if the cowboys lose i'll i'll be okay, okay. um but i'm running with the cowboys tonight I, I would love it if you're running with me give me a little tweet you know, be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going ops. I'm going opposite side. I'm going with Brady. I don't bet against Brady. Oh, God. Well, last year I bet against him in the biggest moment he had last year, and I won. Yeah. 
Hashtag riding with Nick if you're betting the Cowboys tonight. Yeah, hashtag I'm with I'm with Nick. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Like, subscribe, follow us everywhere. We're everywhere. Peace. Go Rams. We are. Apple Pods, YouTube, all of it. <laughs> Enjoy. Peace. <laughs>